0: intentions can be our north star it when we don't have intentions we can kind of just be like along for the ride like whatever happens is going to happen and in many ways that can be great we can be open to you know life happening in its own magical way but you know for example if you're wanting to make more money but you don't have the intention of either looking for a job you know getting a raise finding new clients then You know, maybe that won't happen. Or if you want more money, but you just, you're like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, So our intention is really a way to orient towards us, towards action, towards a way of being, towards steps. Again, we can be open and flexible, but when we don't have an intention, it's probably never going to happen. Welcome to Jacqueline Explores, the podcast where we explore science, somatics, and social change. I'm your host, Jacqueline Shea. I'm an embodiment coach, facilitator, researcher, and science communicator. After 10 years in public health and health tech, my own trauma healing journey brought me to somatics. In this podcast, I'll share the cutting edge science and somatic frameworks and tools that change my life and will help you feel better, move through stress, heal trauma, and live the life of your dreams. But that's not all. I'll also highlight why and how most individual issues have systemic roots and the social change work being done and needed to create a world in which we can all thrive. Let's explore. Hello, hello, hello. Today's episode is all about intention and integration. And I chose this because I ha- I'm i just a few days back from a festival called Soul Play. And Soul Play is a sober festival that has workshops, dance, it's in nature. Um, basically almost every hour there's workshops ranging from Yoga, contact improv, breath work, um, and things that are on the spectrum of intimacy—not sexual per se, but intimate, such as almost kissing, which is oh so fun. And you know, I set intentions for this, and that really helped, kind of help me have the experience I wanted to have. And then afterwards, I was like, "Whoa, whoo, that was expansive. This is a peak experience." And I'm asking myself the question, how am I integrating this into my daily life? And it's very easy to have these peak experiences and then just go back to our usual life um, with the assumption that that big experience will somehow carry over. But really without that act of integrating, it won't. So let's jump in. And one thing that I want to say to sort of set some context is, I'm playing around with doing this episode with absolutely zero outline. <laughs> I have some things I want to say, some things that my brain has been marinating on for a few days, um, but some of my other soul episodes, I've really done a full outline, like sentences. So even more than an outline. And you know, my editor part of my brain was saying, mm, this doesn't fully feel like you. There's some things that you wanted to say that you didn't because they weren't in the outline. And my biggest intention with Jacqueline Explains and Jacqueline Explores is that it has the energy of um, me on the couch with my best friend and I'm explaining things to her in a chill, easy way, playful, that helps her understand something and helps her feel more understood, less shame and more hopeful. So let's explore how it goes for me to just talk. All right, so intention. Intention is the act of coming up with a goal or a purpose, a desire for some kind of thing. Maybe it's for the year, for the month, for the day, for a festival, for a relationship, it can honestly be anything, but it's basically getting clear on what do I want out of this? Um, Often, we might set intentions for the new year. I prefer intentions over resolutions because I think those those have some implicit things in them that aren't so great. And I actually facilitate an embodied intention workshop every January, so be on the lookout for that. Um, And really, intentions can be our North Star. when we don't have intentions, we can kind of just be like along for the ride. Like whatever happens is gonna happen. And in many ways that can be great. We can be open to, you know, life happening in its own magical way. But, you know, for example, if you're wanting to make more money, but you don't have the intention of either looking for a job, you know, getting a raise, finding new clients, then, you know, maybe that won't happen. Or if you want more money, but you just, you're like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, So our intention is really a way to orient towards us, towards action, towards a way of being, towards steps. Again, we can be open and flexible, but when we don't have an intention, it's probably never gonna happen. Um, I'll never forget, you know, Years ago, I was talking with my cousin, and she was saying something along the lines of like, "Oh, I would love to like live in L.A., but I'm never gonna like seek it out. If it happens, it happens, and that's great." And surprise, surprise, she doesn't live in L.A. You know, she's basically lived in the same place her whole life. And no judgment, you know, it's a great place to live. But when we are just open and like, yeah, you know, whatever, it'll happen if it'll happen. Um, there's probably a lower chances of it happening, whatever that thing is. And so intentions help us align with what do we want. One thing that I like to orient to is not just outcome goals, outcome intentions. So, for example, you know, like I have financial goals for this year. I want to make X amount. That's an intention. Um, but often what people miss is the process goal or the process intention. How do I want to feel? What do I want the thing to be like as it's happening? And. You know, we can have both of these. It doesn't have to be either or. Um, but the beauty is, often our process goals, our process intentions, help us get to the outcome intention both faster, with more joy, with more ease. And it means that we're not sacrificing our pleasure, our ease, our connection, etc., for a goal, for an outcome, for an intention. Um, so it's just as just as important to set process intentions as it is, you know. Outcome. So, you know, yes, I have things like I, m- I named a, a financial, like I want to make this much money, but I'm actually much more committed to my process ones, which is I want my work to feel good. I want to feel nourished. I want to feel balanced. I want to feel creative and joyful. Um, I want to know that I'm having impact. And the cool thing is, I feel those on a regular basis. And so it actually sustains me to get towards the outcome towards the bigger picture intention because I'm like, oh yeah, this feels so good. Like I trust I'm gonna get there compared to something that feels like shit. And you're like, oh, well, if it feels like this, do I really want that thing? And I think a lot of us get hung up on like, I want this job, I want this partnership, I want X or Y, but the thing actually doesn't feel good and then we end up unhappy. So basically um, intentions allow us to orient, to anchor, to have a North Star that we're going towards. And when we think about um, seeking something out, whether that's like, I want a workshop or I want a coach or a therapist, or I want to start working out, and how do I figure out the right one for me? Having an intention is really helpful. So, you know, the research is really clear that working out is super healthy for you, mental health, physical health, It's we should all be doing it. Um, but if you don't have an intention, you might end up doing physical activity that is harmful or just not the right kind for you so if you're trying to get ripped or maybe let's say you want a big booty that's going to be a different type of workout than if you're trying to play or maybe you want sensual movement or maybe um you want movement that's specifically good for i don't know bone density so the intention of the thing of the movement even though moving is like already a broad intention the intention is going to help you pick the right type of movement so for example like i just i hate sports so even though i have this goal of moving my body i would never pick that and really my goal my intention is to is to do movement that makes me feel good and so i found this awesome pilates program that is like the right mix of all the things and it just works so well But having an intention allows us to evaluate opportunities, programs, people, experiences, things, and say, does this meet my intention? Will this help me get there? Is it aligned with that process intention? If my intention is to feel good and joyful, then maybe a really intense boot camp class isn't for me. Maybe I want a dancing class Um, versus just being like, yeah, I'm going to do a thing. Um, Especially if we're doing something that is gonna be a very potent transformative experience. So like the festival I went to where I knew I'd be connecting, I knew I, I it was gonna be the type of experience that really spins your heart, that really has you playing at your edge. I knew I needed an intention. So, well, and I'll just say that like, you know, I already have intentions for my life, which led me to saying yes to this opportunity. So it's like this iterative process. You have an intention, it leads you to this thing, it leads you to say yes or no to it. And then when you're actually doing the thing, you're like, great, now what are my more specific intentions? So my intentions were to play, or to be open to connection, to be open to um, intimate and sensual connection. Didn't say sex, I did say sensual though. Um, And to really have this sense of expansive freedom and to just let myself be free be playful and i really was channeling this like inner child meets like yeah my more sensual side um and what's baked in that for me is knowing oh okay well if i'm gonna be doing workshops like almost kissing for example i might get a little activated my nervous system might perceive signals of danger. So I know I'm going to have to build in ways for me to ground, to have alone time, to process, to find safety. And so for example, this, this the place I was at had hiking trails. And so I, bought, I brought my shoes, even though otherwise I wouldn't need hiking boots, because I knew hiking would be a really great way for me to come back to myself, to ground, and to find safety again if I was pushed past my edge. So part of intention is knowing, what do I need in order to meet this intention? I'm not going in which is like, yep, this is my intention. It's gonna happen. It's sort of like, okay, if your intention is to go backpacking in Mont Everest, what equipment do you need, <laughs> right? You're probably not gonna show up with the same stuff that you would at a beach vacation. And so your intention is part of knowing, what do I need to get there? Um, and what's really beautiful is you know, my intentions totally came true. And because I really was thoughtful, it meant that I was like, okay, you know, there's, I need a variety of types of workshops. I can't only do the sensual ones or only do the, the more, you know, dancing, high energy ones. I need this buffet and I need to be thoughtful. I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm feeling tender. I need to do this. So my intention of really not pushing myself too far continually oriented how I showed up and how I took care of myself um and i also you know just to say like uh this will be released on um what's the date june 20th the day before the summer solstice i think you know days like the solstice are really powerful days to set intentions so it is the six-way mark through the year it is when we have the fullest sun and every day we'll get less and less sun less and less day and it means that we have You know, we're at the halfway mark of the year. So what is your intention for the rest of the year? What do you want? It might even be helpful to think macro of like, what are my intentions for the next five years? Great, how can I spend the next six months slowly walking myself there? Um, Yeah, I think intentions can be really, really powerful. And every moment is an opportunity to ask myself, what do I want? What do I need? Both outcome and process. And that often makes it just so fucking clear what to do and what not to do. Because when we have an intention and, you know, maybe our intention is to really nourish our body. And then our friend texts us at 9 p.m. on a Monday asking if we want to get drinks. Like, "Mm, I don't know if you're like me, but like, I know I would sleep horribly and I'd feel like shit the next day. And so it's just an obvious no. But if my intention is to have fun then maybe I might say yes. So this is where it's like, we can't say something's good for you or something's bad for you. It depends on your intentions. It depends on your priorities. It depends on how you want to feel and your outcomes that you're wanting. Hmm. So that's a few things about intentions. I want to talk now about integration, which is just the other side of the coin. Um, And integration is often like the most left out like we often sign up for things and maybe we don't have an intention. So that's, that can be forgotten. But like the integrating of a thing is, I don't think we do enough of it as a society. Um, so at its core level, integration is about combining parts, experiences into a larger whole. Um, and so we might think about it in the sense of, well, I'll, I'll talk about my example first. Um, you know, so I did this Fantastic festival, and I had all these experiences and all this connection and all this novelty and these ahas about myself and how I relate and my body. And it would be really easy to just jump back into life, jump back into the to do list, jump back into, you know, capitalism and hustle culture. Um, but instead, what I chose to do is really take the time to integrate to allow myself to process, marinate, digest, make meaning, really decide how I would fully integrate these things into my daily life, but the ahas, the needs, the desires, Um, so that this isn't just this peak experience that happened and I can be like, wow, wasn't that amazing? But I can be like, oh, this is how I'm bringing soul play into my daily life this is who i am now that i had this experience rather than it being a peak experience and i go back to being the same old jacqueline um i think a really common example is psychedelic psychedelics in a therapeutic setting so um you know, we often think about the actual experience of being on psychedelics, which many people use therapeutically. And there's really robust data, and it's growing every year about um, psychedelics, specifically psilocybin, as well as LSD and ketamine, as well as MDMA, Molly, not traditionally considered a psychedelic, but it is in the research, um, for things like treatment resistant depression, PTSD, addiction, anxiety. Um, And one of the most fascinating things is the literature really shows that the um, post-journey, post-trip, post-treatment, you know, um, integration process is essentially as important, if not more important than the actual journey while you're on the, the psychedelic. And to just unpack this, it's not just about the experience, which, you know, Oh my gosh! I want to interview some researchers and talk about like literally what is happening in our brains and bodies when we're when we're on those um uh those drugs and what they're really doing and how they help us because. Um, yeah they're, they're not fringe they're not just for fun and they can really have profound therapeutic effects um but as much as we can experience things like unity and bliss and connection with all and being able to see our patterns in new ways and all the beautiful things that can happen during um the real juice is in how we decide to carry that forward so yes it does neuroplastic stuff and like changes our brains. And that's fantastic. Um, But it's sort of like, you know, again, you can have this peak experience. You're like, wow, I'm connected to everything. Everything is love. Life is great. And then if that's it, and you just go back to your job and you just go back to the way things were, your life may not change. Versus Um, immediately journaling or processing with, you know, the coach, the guide, whoever, having continued points of reflection and integration, continued ways that you're going, huh, how can I integrate those lessons? How can I show up as this new person in this situation that keeps repeating itself? Um, How am I intentionally carrying this forward? And so there have been studies that show the comparison between Um, like journaling and and essentially doing various integration processes after psychedelic treatment and not, and basically with, with integration, they're more effective. So that's a really classic example. And one of the, you know, the final thing I'll kind of say on psychedelics is, like, there's, there's kind of, like, a stereotype of mainly dudes, but women can also do it, of people who keep sitting with medicine. They're like, oh, yes, 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 I love, love ayahuasca, or whatever it is. And, like, they keep going on these journeys, um, but maybe they don't actually take the time to integrate, to process, to really um, embody what they're learning and you know, let's be real, drugs are fun. So like no shame in wanting a peak blissful experience, but it is not the peaks that transform us. It is how we take it into our daily life. There's the saying in yoga that like, yoga is not what we do in the, in the yoga room on the mat. It's actually the real yoga is how we take it into our lives. Similarly, it's not just when you're meditating. It's like, how do you change how you respond because of the skills that you're gaining in those meditative experiences, in those yoga classes? Doing that psychedelic drug, whatever it is. And, you know, I'll just name that many of us have brains that just want to move on to the next thing, you know, whether that is genetic, whether that is our capitalistic hustle culture that's just so deeply ingrained. And, you know, I'll admit that often in a sound bath and a breathwork workshop and whatever, like often when it's done, I'm ready for it to be done. Um, Sometimes it's my body. I'm like, I have to pee. Can we wrap it up? Like, this has been a while. Um, And that's real. But, you know, the integration doesn't only have to be in that moment. It's really powerful of like right after an experience journaling on it are doing a practice which I call clicking somatic save, and it's like feeling into your body, what's alive right now? What sensations are present? Um, What do I wanna click save on? And the visual is like, if I could bookmark this, if I could make it on the homepage of my Safari or my Chrome so that I can, easily go back to it. So it's not something that I need a psychedelic for. I don't need to go to a festival. I don't need to go to Burning Man in a hundred degree temperature with no water, right? I'm clicking somatic save on it now so that I can access it again, so I can shortcut it. And yet, if the experience ends and we're like, great, time to go back to work, time to go back to my to-do list, time to go back to Netflix and scrolling on Instagram, you're probably not going to have that somatic save, that shortcut isn't gonna be there because you didn't take the time to ingrain it. Um, So a few ways that I like to integrate. One is journaling. Um, You know, it's funny because journaling isn't inherently a somatic practice. It is more of a cognitive process. But there's a really beautiful way that we can tap into our subconscious, especially when we're free writing, when we're just letting it flow. And yes, it's so supportive to do journal prompts, like what was my biggest takeaway? What was hard and what did I learn about myself during that? Um, what were moments of delight? How can I incorporate those into my daily life? Like, very directive questions can help us uncover some juiciness and it can really be supportive to just free write and just let your brain go where you want to go and to try to consciously turn off that part of our brain that wants to be the editor that says, This is what you should journal on, this is what you shouldn't, you know, and just let it flow. And surprise, surprise, you'll uncover some stuff that you probably consciously wouldn't have gone there. When you're having that conversation with a friend about the thing, you probably wouldn't have gone there. But by free writing and just letting it flow, it's more likely to come up. And who knows what you're going to process and integrate. So journaling is is really a juicy, juicy practice. Um, I'd say you know, morning and evening are my favorite times, especially like first thing in the morning to just let's see, let me just clear the de- debris on my on my subconscious here. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, processing, integrating an experience, a training, a trip, a peak moment, you know, yes, doing that kind of as quickly as possible can be supportive, but it can be a thing that you keep returning to. And there's a magic in looking back, you know, several months later. So for example, you know, with this festival, I can really see how my intentions from one year ago have all come true. And those are intentions that I both process and outcome that I walked myself towards. Some of them being deep um, community and connection rooted in authenticity and rooted in real care. Like we show up for each other. It's not just like, yeah, let's hang out and have fun. and what was so beautiful is at the festival and after, I've, I've like, I'm, I see this. I feel this. So in many ways, yes, I'm integrating the festival, but I'm also processing the journey I've been on for the past year. And I'm celebrating brave Jacqueline from a year and a month ago, who was deeply grieving not being fully supported by her community. And i and her standing in her longings and being like, I fucking want this and I'm gonna walk myself towards it, even though it hurts that I don't have it. And it hurts that there's people I love who can't go there with me. Um, so just to say that it's not this like one and done thing, but we can really kind of say, where am I now? Where have I been? What was the journey like? What are the lessons? What are the ahas? What are my hurts telling me? Honestly, when we hurt, it has the most data. There's a lot to learn from our from yes, those peaks, like, wow, this feels so good. I'm so proud of myself. This I want more of this. I'm so, yeah, like how did I get here? And really like digesting, sort of like how did I make this happen? How did I say yes to this? How did I say no so that this could come? But also when things are hard, when they're sticky, when they're frustrating, when they're annoying, when they're irritating, et cetera, et cetera. There's as much data in that, even though those are often experiences we don't want to process because we just want to get to the good stuff. We'll process that gladly. But the stuff that hurts, that tells us so much about ourselves. Because when we hurt, it's because probably there's something that we long for that we don't have. There's something we need that's not being met. And if we can really get in there and process that and integrate that, we're going to learn so much more about what we need and how to get those needs met even if, it, even if it can't be met right now. you know My journey of community, it's been a slow one. There's been a lot of questions of like, are these my people? Is this my place? Um, but again and again, coming back to what's my intention? How do I want to feel? What is the right way for me to get there? Is it happening? What am I learning from what I'm doing? How can I integrate these lessons into my life? What do I, How do I say yes to this more? How do I say no? Um, what's working, what's not. All of that integration is like toiling the soil. We're just we're turning over the topsoil to get to the richer. We're we're making it a more diverse ecosystem that's supportive for the longings that we want so that they are possible. Mm, wow. I'm also just like proud of myself that I'm freestyling this, and my humble opinion is that it's going well. Um totally okay if you don't agree. Um Yeah, so I've probably said the words integration and intention about 100 times each. Um, So I'll begin to wrap it up, but I hope that I've made a convincing case for why having an intention of both an outcome and a process. What what do I want and how do I want it to feel getting there? Um, Because surprise, surprise, you can get the outcome and it might not be good, it might feel like shit. Um, And not that we need to avoid things that feel bad, but ideally your life does feel good. Um, So setting intentions is so powerful. Even if that's just, what are my core intentions for today? Um, And then making time to integrate. So, you know, I'll be real. I do feel most balanced and supportive when I journal in the morning and in the evening. Do I do it every day? No, (laughs) I don't, Um, but I feel most grounded. I act out of most intention. I feel most trusting that I'm doing the things to get me to where I want to go and that my life is working and that I like, that life is fucking good when I do journal, at least daily, if not AM and PM. And the idea of somatic save. So when you're in a beautiful experience, when you're in a moment where you're like, wow, I'm in my body, you're like, wow, I'm talking to this person in an authentic way and me six months ago when I've done that, whatever it is, can you Click somatic save. Can you let your body feel it and uh, like sort of be like, yes, we can come back here. This is possible. This is real. And again and again and again, click that somatic save. And make sure that you're taking time to integrate, that you're not just rushing off to the next thing. This can be, you know, a downfall for many of us who love transformation, who love learning and growing. We're like, oh, I need to take this course and that course and this program and that retreat. And don't get me wrong, I love all of that. But if you're so busy that you're not actually fully digesting, you're not fully integrating, you're just like going and going and going. You're probably not learning as much as you can, and you're probably wasting your time and money to be quite frank. So, you know, I definitely I listed off some journal prompts without saying they're journal prompts. So, if you want to kind of go back and write some of those down. Um, Yeah, and I may host an Instagram live on the solstice, June 21st, um, maybe around 3 p.m. Let me look at my calendar right now. I don't want to commit. So basically, you should follow me on Instagram at Jacqueline Explains. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking basically 3 p.m. for just like a 20-minute guided meditation where we really feel into our future. We visualize it. And then we feel into, how do I walk myself there? Um, So follow me on Instagram, Jacqueline Explains, if you want to join live or if you want to get the replay. Um, Intentions and integration need to be embodied. They cannot just be cognitive. Our body is how we change or shaping our physical way that we show up and react. That is our reality, and that is what shapes our thoughts. So come join me. If not, I hope hope you enjoyed this. I feel so curious what landed to you. Answer the question um, if you're listening on Spotify. Have a good one, my friends. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you just heard, found it valuable, and want to keep exploring with me, please click follow. To help others learn about this, make sure to give me a five-star rating, write a review, and share it with all your people. To learn more about my work, go to JacquelineExplains.com and sign up for my email list so that you can receive life-changing somatic practices in your inbox. See you next week.